Max Verstappen on pole, and I jinxed the shit out of Lewis Hamilton. Bro, I don't know when's the last time we saw Lewis Hamilton crash in, like, quality. Yeah, I mean, we discussed it. We're watching it together because we're in office. Typically, you know, qualifying's on on Friday, so we typically watch it by ourselves. But it really did look like the wind kind of gave pushed his rears under him, and he tried to overcorrect, and then he just went off the, off the Richter scale. But I don't know. What are you putting that— um, quickly, because we want to jump into obviously Charles and Max, then we'll jump into Mercedes. Um, in terms of blame, how much is on Lewis? What are you percentage wise? I think we'll know more after, but just my impressions, I think it's listen, everyone's dealing with the wind. Mm-hmm. So it comes down to the driver. I think it's 50 50. I think it's the driver and the wind. Um, also, too, it's a setup, right? Because George had this… I think George obviously went a little fast into that corner, right? Um, oh, sorry. He hit the apex really fast. But they did talk about how they switched the setup a bit, right? So, I'm going to blame a little bit of the team as well because I think maybe the car it was set up. Maybe the wind really affected it. I think that's the interesting, about F, interesting thing about F1 is you, you don't exactly know everything… Unless you're sitting in the paddock at the pit yeah, wall. with all the data in front of you. So but I, I'm going to put a little bit on everybody. Up to that point, Lewis looked really fast. He did. I, I, I still don't think he was on Max's pace. I think he was about 0.2 slower, I would I want to say. I do think he would have finished… He would have started on the second row. Because they the were um, forecasting second or third. Yeah, I think more likely third. That would have been my prediction um, after watching it. But, you know, like we talked about multiple times… On this circuit where it's not bumpy and it's a classic circuit, the car looks really strong. Um, where they get the Im- improvement to catch up to Red Bull, that's to be seen, right? Um, but they look strong today, I mean, overall. But let's jump into Red Bull and Ferrari. Neither of them had a really good ending to Q3. I think it's hard to say because everybody's in a panic, right? Yeah, you're trying to get through the two line. minutes. You got to get heat to the tires. It's so difficult, but then Max showed and put in a 104. Yeah, because he didn't have a personal best sector at the end. He didn't put in the fastest sector because it wasn't purple. But, I mean, he showed why it's the Red Bull ring. He showed why he had two poles there last year. And he showed why he's a champ. And he showed why he won the last two races there. So, And when he crossed the finish line and that pole lit up the screen, I mean, that place erupted. Yeah. How do you feel about, in general, just seeing, like, not not seeing, but… Are you? Are, do you like how like you see sector one? You're like, okay, well, Red Bull's gonna win here, and then you then you kind of like anticipate, okay, what can Charles do in sector two to make up the gap? Like that's the way I look at qualifying now. I'm like, well, which sector one best in which sector? Yeah, because I'm like sector one is checked off by Red Bull Mercedes, and sector two is checked off by Ferrari, and sector three is more up Red, in the air. No, it's more Red Bull and Mercedes dominant, but Ferrari's closer there. It's they're they're not as behind, so it's like Lewis had sector one. Well, well, he did until Max. Max yeah. stole it, but it was like close. They were off by like tenths, right? And then Charles had sector three unlocked. Sector two. Was sector it two? two? Sector two, yeah. yeah. Because remember, the long straights are sector one, sector three. So that's where kind of Mercedes Red Bull dominates. But it's like, okay, Max is up point, point 0.2 in this sector. Is Charles going to get that back in the next sector? Which it is, is fun to watch. interesting how when you break it into the three sectors, how different the cars and the drivers perform. Yeah, and, and I, I didn't want to say it this early, but I felt like Carlos was a no-show. Like Carlos was almost not even heard of. Yeah, this. because yeah, I, I don't mean a no-show in terms of performance. Like I didn't hear anything from, from him. I didn't feel like he was there. Um, and, and he didn't have a lap that was like 
No one talked about him. Yeah. Because it, there was nothing to talk about. I mean, to be fair, like it's also who the TVs pick, but he also didn't give us give us a reason to look at him, right? And then um, yeah, I mean, Checo, yeah, Checo didn't look strong this weekend. He does Checo not look strong. Did not look strong. And there was a, a little bit of talk on the commentary about has the car kind of switched back to Favoring Max. That was exactly my my thoughts too. I thought I was thinking about Are that. Are they trying to sabotage Checo? No, internally? not at all. But Max is your number one driver. So where where are you going to take your feedback, right? And where are you going to develop the car? Yeah, Max because, takes priority because he's world champion. Yeah, I mean, even then, like when you think about the car, Max is the cars continue to look better than Red Bull. Every, I mean, better than Ferrari and for Mercedes every single week, right? But not in Checo's hands, only in Max's hands. So they're seeing like traditionally. Max can always get more out of a car in a different way when the car reacts a certain way, which is not Even good for like, other drivers. Checo was way off Max's pace and he was like, the tires aren't lighting up, but then Max was lighting up. It's also amazing to see the difference in how Max drives compared to Checo and what Max can do with a car. Yeah, but remember, they say Max likes cars when they come out of corners unstable. So it's like, as a driver, it doesn't make sense why you'd like a car like that naturally, like from from Checo's point of view, right? But I think also too, to a point we have to kind of look at is Checo's never really good on Friday. Think about it. Like, I, I'm not going to hold you to it, but when you look back, does Checo ever light up the leaderboard on Friday? Do you really think a day makes a difference? Of course it does. Keep, practice one, practice two. You're getting feel oh, for yeah, the car. That's true. Because now we see practice two tomorrow. Yeah. So like, but but think about it. When has Checo ever been strong in FP1, FP2? You never really talk about him. You you never really see him at the top of the of the charts. But that, that that's something I'm going to look at too. And I'm not saying that's a factor, but that's something I think plays a part. Another reason why I picked Mercedes is because they typically look strong on Friday, which they did again today. That's why I picked Lewis because they look strong on Friday. But um, I do agree with you in the broadcast. I think the car is leading towards more towards Max. And I think a little bit of his Checo's really never good on Fridays. Yeah. Typically picks it up. He really picks it up on Sunday. Remember, even on Saturdays, he doesn't look too strong until like Q3. He builds himself into he Q3. He needs comfort. He, bu- he builds himself into it. I was impressed overall with Lewis's time. So it's a shame that we lost both Mercedes. But you said it couldn't be, it couldn't have happened at a better race weekend because there's a sprint race. Yeah, and they can get it back. I mean, George was going to finish there anyways, most likely. I, I, George is going to finish fifth. He wasn't, he, he might've beat Checo maybe, but like he's lost a place and he went for it. So I'm not mad at that. I think Lewis is the one that lost so big because we talked about it. Why did Lewis pull off that lap? He might get a penalty for it because obviously he, he cut off Charles. But I mean, if he has that lap, he at least finishes in the top six, probably the top four. I think yeah. he's only like point, point. I think he was around the one point five two time one point, and Checo only finished at one point five three, one point five four. So do you think Lewis? Where do you think in a hundred kilometers Lewis can climb to? Oh, I think he can climb all the way back right behind George. I think he'll be in the he'll be in the fight tomorrow. He'll be on the third row. Yeah, I don't think he's going to pass George. Like George is because he was on for either the first or second row. He's probably on for the second row, so, right? Although it's you know there's a sprint race still. I mean, who knows? We've had pretty relatively clean sprint races. Yes. I mean, Checo spun out in Silverstone, the first one in 2021. But ultimately, I'm going to go back on the fact that um, Lewis will make his way up. He always does. He's he's a fighter. Um, But I'm not mad at George's decision to go for it because he started where he did. I just really wonder why they asked Lewis to pull off the lap or what was the thought process. Maybe, like, you were already at the finish line. It's not like you were halfway through. Yeah, I also 
wonder like is there really a, a legitimate issue with the Mercedes car in heating up the tires? Like, there is. I think that's well documented. I, and I, I think that's what happened. I don't think you should wonder that. I mean, Lewis, no, Lewis had time to light up his tire. Are you talking about on the when he when the barrier? Yeah. Um, I think he was on track the whole time. So I don't know if it has to do with heat, but I th- I think where I'm kind of I'm happy where with where I, I understand Mercedes as an overall um I guess commentator of the sport, like you know, when how we do this podcast, because now things feel like where they should be. Yeah, we're actually like Mercedes is now. Oh, I'm not talking about that. Lewis is better than George when they have the same setup. Oh, I'm Lewis a lot more. I'm a lot more at peace when Lewis Hamilton's beating George Russell because, like I said, Oliver, I'm speaking to you. If you're listening to this podcast, there's no way in hell Lewis Hamilton should lose to George Russell. And now that they've confirmed that they're both on optimal setups. He's proven it, and I got no words to say. I have said I'm shutting up, but the world is where it should be. That it is in the world. Is and where the it last be. three races, this being the third, um, we've seen we've seen Lewis do great things in the car. I wouldn't say great, but he's he's got more out of it than George. I think he's about point two to point three faster than George typically looks like. He so like, but but that's a difference between being a world champion and not right. And that's what I meant the whole time where Lewis Hamilton should be being George. I don't care what anybody said to me. If they're in optimal setups where it's not heavier and they're trying to go, Lewis should always have an edge over George because he's has that experience to find that extra pace out of the car. And he is a seven-time world champion. And I expect no less from him. So great to see. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't think… I, I hope George's confidence doesn't hit because obviously last weekend and this weekend, so we'll see what he does this weekend. We will. And sprint race makes… I, I, I'm looking forward to some… Some fireworks tomorrow. There's gonna the be race. an accident tomorrow in the sprint race. I'm calling. Uh, it. It's we need we need some action, need and I really want to see Lewis climb up. Um, let's also talk about another horse showing from Daniel Ricardo. No, I'm not giving you that. He had he had problems with his car. He could ne- he never really got a chance to practice. Really, same with Lando too. Like Lando had issue with his car, so I'm not giving you that one. I'm okay. sorry. Uh, like like, but listen. You only get one practice session. Half of it, they're trying to figure out the oscillation on his car and, his, and all that stuff. So I, I'm, I'm, I don't think Danny Ricardo perf- performs better, but he has an out. He okay, has he, an, he, you're he, giving him the out. Um, him we also out. did hear Lando like scared to use the brakes. That is crazy. Yeah, I, th- let's talk about that. So how do you feel about McLaren this year? I think McLaren has failed Lando Norris this year. I, I don't think they failed, but they've done a terrible job. Like, I, I don't think they failed Lando. They've just done a terrible job with the car. But, but if we're rewinding, and I, I, we got to find the… As a McLaren fan, I'm trying to find the brightness. They don't feel like they've put out a good car, but it's still the fourth best car. In the, fourth it's still the fourth best. best car. So, th- from a result standpoint, like, there's nothing to be really upset about. Actually, let's about. rewind. Is it the fourth best car or is Lando Norris just extracting the shell of it to carry them to the fourth place? They're, I don't think they have the fourth best car. You're right. Lando is getting more out of it. Yeah, because and I that's think, why Lando is great. I think the best, the fourth best car is the Alp- Alpine car. I would take the Alp. If, if you put Lando in the Alpine, how much better does he look right now? Maybe. Um, I think driving style matters, but also Alpine's had shitty reliability. Like we can call a spade a spade. But yeah, McLaren has the fifth, fifth, fifth best car and they have had so many issues. When Remember, braking at the beginning of the year, right? They could not find that. And then you want to talk about um, 
their issues with their porpoising. And now that the ride is so stiff and, and now the breaking break, issues are like, bad. It is what it is, man. Yo, also, Haas is getting great one lap times in a car that still has zero upgrades. But they've, they, they've always been like a strong qualifying car this year. Like we, we've kind of made that known, but right? Everyone else has made upgrades and Haas is still faster. Do it's we know kind of crazy. Do we know if Haas didn't bring any upgrades? They talked about it on the broadcast. I didn't listen. I didn't hear that part. They said they are still finding ways to use this original car and get great pace out of it. Yeah, I mean, maybe they've just lowered the car ride. Also, too, like, we got to think of this circuit. The circuit's very unique, right? In terms of it's very fast. It's short. Maybe the short pace is better for Haas because, you know, races are longer. And that's why they may ha have trouble with races. So, I think I would love to see the data. And the reasoning behind it. But you're right. They looked really strong today. Like I think… I don't think it was a fluke. They continue to compete with the top teams. Like not compete. But they… Competed with Alpine the whole time. to see Mick into Q3. It was. Does he… Remember you said he doesn't score points this weekend? Yeah well… You may be wrong. I may be wrong. You may be wrong. But… I hope he does. I really hope he does. That will be consecutive weekends for him. I, I remember I was saying you got it off, I you didn't got call it, off it. Shoulder. remember I didn't call it but I said is it like gonna be like a George effect and you know what we may be seeing that could you imagine he just evolves into this like great driver I'd be so happy for him Alfa Romeo struggled on this track yeah um Joe was at the bottom mm. Bottas Bottas had a brand new engine um how much of it is you know Joe for Joe like Obviously, getting back from an accident like that, I think he needs a couple of races to get adjusted. I mean, like super cautionary. Yeah, I think his body's not recovered either. Like you got to think of it. Like it's been it's been six days. Yeah. Not even. It's been four four day four full days. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, four full days. <laughs> four full days, right? If you want to count like Sunday, and yeah, sure, it's been five days. So he's still probably dealing with like body issues. Bottas hasn't looked strong in qualifying for the last three four races we've talked about. Which, Bottas which is has almost just disappeared. Of but late. this is so not Bottas brand. He very is a uncharacteristic great, for Valtteri. Very uncharacteristic. But I think there are a couple of things we need to look at before we can say anything about them is… A, did they put any new upgrades on in Silverstone? They did, right? I, th I believe. Yeah, they've added upgrades. Maybe the, those upgrades haven't gone well, right? And B, my thing is… Did the, does, did the new engine need some time to get worked into? I don't know. Those are questions you got to ask, but for sure, they did not look strong at all. And you're right. Um, also, Aston Martin, like irrelevant upgrades in Silverstone have not looked good. Like, I don't understand what's going on with that team at all. Yeah, I mean, do you want to talk about it, bro? Like, that was the other thing today. Vettel was last. No, his time got cut. Yeah. If if you look at like his raw pace, I think he I think he was like higher than Stroll, but yeah, because his lap his lap time got deleted. Um, let's talk about Aston Martin as a whole, right? So we, we we both heavily criticized Mike Crack, right? They got rid of Otmar. What's Otmar doing at Alpine? I feel like Alpine's doing good, right? I think I think Otmar has proven he's a pretty good team principal. And then I told you. And I know, I know this may not have to do with it. And you, you said they brought in McLaren's guy. What's his name? You don't understand. It doesn't you know? even matter what his name is. And yeah. I was like, well, McLaren hasn't done anything in, in 15 years. So for me, I'm just like, what are we doing at, at, what are we doing at Aston Martin?
But now I can I can walk back and take my words back that Lance Stroll does belong on that team because it's a bottom team. So he does belong there. So it's a bottom team. And the thing is, when you look at the entire grid, they're in ninth in the constructors. But in my eyes, they're last because Williams doesn't even count. Yeah, I mean, Williams does count. <laughs> Aston Martin is how much? How many awful. points do they have than Williams? Williams has three. Aston has 18, Haas has 20. So Williams is going to stay there at the bottom for a while. Oh, yeah. There's there's no way. They're moving. So, so who wins this year? Who takes eighth, Haas or Aston Martin? I'm taking Haas. So I think you're having a little bit of a knee-jerk reaction. We do know that other than one race, Vettel scored points in every single race that he's raced. Other than one race. So I think that they have better race pace. They definitely have better race pace. And I do think that Seb is still a four-time world. Well, no, I don't think. I know Seb's still a four-time world champion. So I'm still going to bank on Aston Martin to finish eighth. But remember, I did say there's a world where Aston Martin finishes ninth this yeah, year. Yeah, they're I said a poverty that, franchise. Remember, I said that even before we started the year in 2021. So, um, but I don't understand McLaren's moves. They haven't looked, uh, sorry, not McLaren, Aston Martin's moves. And they, they just look really bad right now. Not looking good for them. Um, it's not looking good for Lawrence Stroll. Levich? I don't know. This whole team needs an entire… Yeah, I'm sick of them. How are we feeling about um, AlphaTauri? We don't… AlphaTauri should get more airtime because realistically, not in terms of their team, they have one of the best young drivers on the grid in terms of Pierre Gasly. And it's very well known that Red Bull is high on Yuki Tsunoda. Right? That's that's a well-known fact. Yeah, so, I, th- I think the big thing with AlphaTauri this year is, as a team, they've gone backwards as a constructor. They made a car that's worse than their car last year. Yeah. I agree with that. But my thing is, like, they have two of the best young talents on the grid. I'm not going to say they're the best young talents, but they have two very bright talents on the grid. And it's just… They didn't make it out of Q… Uh, they make it out of Q2 in either of them, right? Hold on. Hold on. Yeah, they, they only made it into Q2. That's they all didn't they get did. into Q2 because Gassi's an 11. But they didn't make it out of Q3. Yeah. I'm sorry. They didn't make it to Q3. They didn't get out of Q2. My my beef with it is like, you guys just got to figure out how to, how to take care of these guys. Because, you know, this is how you become an elite team, right? You have these two young talents and they can compete for third or fourth. Like realistically, if Alvatore figures out their car, why can't they finish fourth? I also… I'm a big proponent of the fact that they're always going to be handcuffed because they're owned by Red Bull. They may be, but let they me ask you this. They should be their own team, bro. Let me ask you this. Do you think that with Yuki being a little bit more seasons last year, they potentially could have finished fourth if you, Yuki had a couple of years under him? I think they've got a great driver pairing. So th- that's my point though. Is like, how do you get more money? You finish higher in the driver standing. So they need to make sure they continue I that momentum. I always just feel like they're never going to be able to co- compete outside of the midfield because Red Bull won't allow them to. But that's okay. But you need to be at the top of the midfield because your driver pairing is that good. Yeah, like, you should be beating McLaren and Alpine. Well, I don't think you should beat them, but you should be more competitive. Should be in the fight. You should that, be in the fight. Just like how there should be three teams at the top, there should be three teams competing at the mid. I think there should, I think there should really be five teams competing in the middle. There should be two bottom dweller teams and there should be five teams competing in the middle, right? Realistically, four of them will be competing really t- tightly. But there should really be four to five teams that are going back at it different weekends depending on tracks. But ultimately, my thing is like you have this great driver pairing. You need to take advantage of it so you're getting more money so you can continue elevating your program. That's how you become a top program, right? It's not like you just start out with money. Like 
Ferrari did, but Red Bull started off as a middle as a as a new constructor and they worked their way up. No different than when you think of Mercedes. They weren't a top constructor. They weren't until they built that up. So there's I just definitely think it is kind of conflict of interest. Doesn't make sense that they're owned by Red Bull. But they went with a completely different design this year. So it's like you know, they they went And with, I feel like uh, Red Bull made them do that as an experiment to just figure out stuff for them. Like is I just think it's not really. I would conducive. love to actually be in the room and understand how closely they're linked because I know they're they're sister teams, but it's like, does Red Bull actually have control of the way they take their program? Like, it'd be very interesting to understand that. Well, think about how they just swapped out drivers, relegate here back there. But, but that's different like, though. That's because they have a young, they have a driving contract with. Like, when you're a reserve driver, that's why Mercedes pulled up George because he's their reserve driver. So Williams then pulls their reserve driver, right? So I really think that has to do with contracts, but. I would love to see if Christian Horner sits in with, uh, I don't even know his name, with his the team principal's they name. They get is. no airtime, fam. They got zero airtime. Zero airtime. Um, it's, it's definitely crazy, man. Like, I'm not a fan of it. They are fully owned by Red Bull Racing. It's crazy. They're fully owned, but do yeah. they actually have to operate under their rules or it's like you're owned by it, but you guys get to do your own thing? I doubt it, but I would love to be in the room. Um, last team we have to talk about Last team is Alpine. Consistent. Consistent. Didn't really hear about him, but their drivers did their thing. What do you rank along? Okay, let's let's do a, a driver ranking right now. Okay, so we both have Mercedes, then Red Bull. I'm assuming. Then do you have Ferrari next? Um, just because Charles, Charles. outweighs like a lot of others. So do you have Alpine next? Cause it's yeah, really, I think I'm going to put Alpine there, man. Like Esteban and Fernando. Pretty solid, right? Like we've talked about, we did a whole thing about is Esteban, like, can he be the number one driver? He's a good number two though. But he's a solid F1 driver. I think, I think both Alpine has two very good drivers that very good, but not great drivers. I think, I think and a lot they, of those They very might, like very much might finish fourth this year. So yeah, they could. So they're let me ask five you this. Points away. I mean, Sorry, they're going to get them back in the sprint right now. Yeah. So let me ask you this before we move on to you know our final predictions for tomorrow. So for the fifth driving parent, do you have Pierre and Yuki or Danny and Lando? Oh man, it's a hard one, right? Because it's Lando really Lando's better than all of them, but we know that two three is Yuki and Pierre. So who do you have next? <sighs> if they were in the same machinery. I think I'm going Yuki and Pierre. I, I, don't, I'm, I don't hate it. I really don't. I think Lando- That's not a dig at Lando. Lando is great, but those two, I think are stronger. Yeah, so I think Lando's like a 93, call it. And then like Pierre's like a 90 and Yuki's like an 85, while Danny's like an 80. So like, you know what I mean? So Bro, I was ready to put Danny at 67. <laughs> so I'm just gonna throw Danny all the way down there. So I, I don't hate your statement. I'm probably leaning towards you as well. But you know how it is in this sport. One great driver can outweigh two, two good drivers, right? So hard to call, but I wanted to hear your thoughts on that. Um, let's give our predictions for qualifying tomorrow. Quality in the sprint race. Man, that's the other thing that sucks is there's real Sorry, points. Sorry, sprint. Up, it's it's real, there's yeah. real points up for grab, man. Like, yes. Yeah, so- oh, okay. Let me do this. So. Just give me your top five. Top five? Yeah, just give me your top five. We don't need to go. Or give me your, your your top eight. Give me your points. 
Yango top eight. Because that's who's first place, points, right? First place, Charles Leclerc. Wow, you got Charles Leclerc. Right. I just do not want to see Verstappen win this. So Charles won. Maximus two. This feeling that Max ain't gonna finish the sprint, bro. Finish up. I'll oh, give you my sh- predictions after. Charles, Carlos, Charles, Carlos, Checo, George, Ocon, Lewis. You don't have Lewis making his. Don't the top eight score points? That's Lewis. Yeah. So I got two more. Alonzo, Nick or Nick? Nick, eh? Okay. So, you ready for this? Yeah, let's hear it. I have both Charles and Max DNFing in the sprint. Woo! I, I think they're going to get, get into let's it. Let's get a little spicy. I think they're going to get into it. So, I got, I actually got Carlos winning a sprint. Hey, Carlitos. And then I got George, Checo, Lewis, Alonzo. I'm going to throw a sleeper in there. I'm going to throw Mr. Mick Schumacher. Up. We both got mixed. So six. And then I'll throw Ocon and then Meg. Actually, you know what? Nah, there's going to be an accident. No, forget that. My my eighth place driver, I'm throwing in... Um, I'm throwing in Bottas. Bottas is going to make his way up to eighth place somehow. Beltry? There's going to be an accident at the beginning. That's what I'm telling you. There's going to be an accident. There's going to be there's gonna be a random card in that top ten. and I, In that top eight. I think it may be Valtteri. Okay. It's crazy too because we just we said earlier like um, with Carlos like we haven't heard much. He was very quiet but like we, it's almost like I forgot that he won last week. <laughs> Sounds so bad to because say. Because it. it wasn't impressive. Yeah. It was just like I don't know. Because, well here's the thing. Let's talk about that quickly before we wrap up. All you hear on the broadcast is him getting his ass whooped by times of Charles Leclerc. Like the whole race. I'm faster than him. With a damaged wing. <laughs> so like, you gotta think about it. So the perception that me and you are watching this race is, holy shit, Carlos is just slowing down Ferrari. They should let Charles pass. What the hell is Carlos doing? Why isn't he fast as Car- Charles with a bad wing? But he wins the race. So it's like, it's not a convincing race win. You know what I mean? Like you just go into it like, I wasn't impressed because the whole broadcast was him chasing and being Yo, that, not as good as Charles. We didn't even talk about this. I got to bring it up. Remember when they, Lewis took, went into P2 and then, then he got pushed back. And I said, it looked like they overtook Lewis and exceeded track limits. And then Alonzo's comments, almost defending Lewis, saying that I don't understand F1's rules. Yeah, you're talking about when, 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 when Checo gave him no space on the, on the outside. Yeah, but Checo over, looked like he overtook Lewis on the outside of the track. No, no. Are you talking about? Are you talking about when Lewis made the pass when he went on the outside? Are you talking about when he passed Lewis on the inside? On the inside. But that I think that's his racing line. Like he probably could have given him a little bit more space, but I think because he was on the inside, he had to come. Now like I rewatched the race, and he's like, it's not consistent. I think it, I think it depends. But but here here visualize with me. So you come on the inside, you have to go wide. You can't stay on the inside. I'm gonna rewatch it because I'm just. I'm just speaking to Fernando's comments about it. I'm going to rewatch it. I'll, we can talk we'll about talk it in the next pod. And also, the other thing that we just didn't talk about, um, due to inflation, they did raise the cost cap by 3%. 3 point, yeah, 3.1%, which is, call it $4 million. Yeah. Which is a decent amount of money. I mean, Mercedes is going to need it after today. Oh, they got the repair bill, fam. They do. Um, but no, I will say that to you. Like, 
just thinking of my initial thoughts is he took the inside. He went on the outside line. Um, so I, I, I would like to look at it and go over it again. But um, shout out to anybody who's made it this far. We'll see you guys tomorrow. It'll actually only be me. Kurt's on a flight. So solo pod for me tomorrow. So I'll see you guys tomorrow. Solo pod. Peace. <laughs>